0: And welcome to the Health is Hers podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Anna Esparham, and this is your number one podcast that supports women with deep healing using your own intuition as a guide. And just to let you know, we have two new programs as our team is growing, and we've launched a sleep group coaching program for teens based on an NIH-funded intervention for teens who struggle with getting enough quality, deep, and refreshing sleep. And we've also launched our Faith Based headache coaching program, one for teens and one for women with two headache physicians who definitely know and have the experience how to heal head pain from within. And there's absolutely no pressure to join the program. But if you'd like to hear more, I would love to share if we both feel you're a good fit. So you can head over to health is powherpound to schedule your call now. And if you want one, please make sure to grab your spot fast. These calls are are going pretty quickly as I'm getting booked and I'm so excited to connect with those of you who schedule now on to the show. And now I'm obligated to tell you our disclaimer that Anna Esperham, MD, is a medical doctor, but she is not your doctor and she is not offering medical advice on this podcast. So if you are in need of professional advice or medical care, you must seek out the services of your own doctor or healthcare professional. As this podcast provides information only and does not provide any financial, legal, medical, or psychological services or advice. And none of the content on this podcast prevents, cures, or treats any mental or medical condition. As you are responsible for your own physical, mental, and emotional well-being decisions choices actions and results health is power LLC disclaims any liability for your reliance on any opinions or advice contained in this podcast Hey, everyone, and welcome to the Health is PowHers podcast. I have a good friend of mine here on the show today, Jocelyn Brousseau. She is at Holistic Jocelyn, and she's up in Indianapolis, uh, Indiana, and she's a health coach. She's also a Whole30 coach, and she has a unique approach um, to women who definitely want to repair their relationship with food. A lot of women who have a lot of emotional eating habits and patterns just because Jocelyn Jocelyn has also been through it and she has the experience and the know-how to help people with these issues and to overcome those challenges so that you guys can live well and thrive. So welcome Jocelyn to the show. Awesome, Anna.
1: Thank you so much. It's so great. So great (laughs) to be here
0: yeah, i w- I was super excited. So we actually know Katie Caldwell, who's also on the show too, um talking about her wellness journey. so we're we're all in a mastermind group together. And so that's how we got to know each other. Um, so I'm super excited to introduce you,
1: yeah. It's been so fun getting to know y'all and just connecting. We all have a lot of similarities, but we can also like grow together and like teach each other things. It's been like so fulfilling. So I'm, I'm really grateful for that.
0: Yeah. I actually learned more about Katie, um, the last time, cause she talked a little bit more about her origin story. And so that was, that was interesting to get to know her a little deeper. Um, so let's talk about your origin story. Yeah, I would, I would love to dive in. Um,
1: it all, it all really starts like you were talking about with that emotional relationship with food. Um, I think a lot of people have certain vices in life. And like my vice has definitely been food growing up. Um, I really struggled, um, when originally, you know, that emotional eating came from my parents' separation and divorce. I was looking really for an outlet of a place where I could go, um, just to, you know, cut out those feelings really like numb that pain inside that I was feeling from that. And then ultimately experiencing a death of a parent at like 12 years old was like very, um, again, very traumatizing to lose my father. So, like, I just really had moments where, again, I would turn to food, and that was my um, that was my outlet. I actually heard the other day on a show that somebody used the terminology "eat lit," like your eating is your outlet, and like that's exactly what I would. That's exactly where it was for me. Um, I think it was just a place for me to go to escape. So, really, then after that, I just really started gaining weight. I would, I still played sports and was active, but I just could tell that I was really getting into the mindset of like, just using food as my crutch. So, um, you know, fast forward, I get through high school, get through college. Um, after college, I did the Peace Corps for a couple of years. And like, I went to West Africa and like where they like have organic farm to table stuff. Like they've been doing that for years because they are, just, they don't have like at the places, at least where I was in my village, they didn't have places for like refrigerators and like things that you could keep preservatives, like you would cook something and you'd have to eat it. Right. Like they would be chickens running around, you know, and then that's chicken that we would eat later, or they would, you know, cut up a pork and that's what you would cook. Like, and I rode my bike everywhere because I didn't have a car and I couldn't have a motorcycle because like, we weren't allowed to drive them ourselves. So I was biking, walking, sweating constantly with the weather and i was and i lost a bunch of weight and i felt great and then coming back after that was again like kind of a shell shock like you're back to the processed foods you're back to all these ridiculously like bad options for you that are at the grocery store or you know you have i was drinking a lot more when i came back it was just like it, it kind of piled on top of each other and i gained all the weight back that i originally um had lost when I was gone and I just felt like crap and I was just like dragging every day and I was working in customer service and dealing with people like yelling at me and I was just like oh. I can't you know like I can't be here. This is just like something's gotta give. And so ultimately I was gifted some personal training sessions um at the end of 2016 for the gym. And I was like all right, New Year's resolution 2017, let's do this. Right. And I got I got um I met with my personal trainer for the first time she, um, she was also a return Peace Corps volunteer. So not only was she like fitness, but she, Mm -hmm. we also bonded over that. And the first like three, four months of us working together, it was just like clockwork. Like it was amazing. Like I started changing what I ate. I started, you know, being more consistent at the gym. I just like changed all these habits, um, slowly over those uh, over that time. And I saw the results coming in and then um, a friend of mine who's basically like my older sister, she was like, Jocelyn, have you ever heard about the whole 30? And I was like, I don't know what you're talking about, um, but let me check it out. And it's like this elimination protocol that when you um, do this reset for 30 days, you take out certain food groups from your diet and you reintroduce them back back in after the 30 days to see like what you might have reaction to, whether that's like a whether that's like a headache or, you know, whether it's bloating, whether it's tired, whether it's brain fog, whether it's achy joints, like you'll notice these things potentially that these inflammatory, potentially inflammatory foods for you in particular. So I did that in 2017 and it changed my life. Like I was like, oh, like I had no idea that like dairy, Um, you know, like regular dairy, when I drink a Starbucks latte, for example, like wasn't supposed to always like, you're not supposed to get a stomach ache from that. And I was like, oh, that makes so much sense. Like then it just, you know, it triggered that like, oh, there's a connection between the food and, you know, the things that we put into our body and like the reactions that are, that that they, that it gives us. Right. So, um, so that completely changed my life. I did a couple rounds of whole 30 and my, my like health, just like You know, went through the roof. Like I, I used to take thyroid medication, um, and I was off that thyroid medication after you know, like changing my diet and changing my lifestyle and just like implementing these different things and learning about the food that I was putting into my body um, and how to read labels and how to you know, I didn't, I wasn't a fantastic cook, but I learned how to cook for myself and just like experiment and really like dive into that world. Um, And then I kind of just like found. I like whole 30, but it's not for everybody. Like I wanted to help as many women as I could. So I decided to go back to school to be like a certified health coach, went to IIN Institute for Integrative Nutrition, loved it, was fantastic, had a great experience. And that just like fortified my knowledge even more into like that relationship with food, how we use food in our communities, in our lifestyles, and just in our everyday life, you know? And it's, so it was just like very, um, nourishing very like and um just it was just overall like a great experience to have you know I learned so much very educational um and it just brought me to a place where like I knew that everybody was asking me for advice like everyone was like oh you know like how did you do this you look so great like oh my gosh how how do you do this like how are you making this happen and then I was just like oh maybe I should be getting paid for this and so you know then I you know, that's when I decided to do the health coaching and the whole 30 coaching, because it was such a life changer for me. And so I just wanted to be able to give people the tools to be able to heal their relationship with food. And so at the end of the day, like I'm here now and like my relationship with food has dramatically changed over the past, what, like six, seven years, um, to where now I feel very comfortable in like my food freedom and like where I live, not to say that it doesn't get off the rail sometimes, or like, I don't trip and fall and like you know, get my have to get myself back up again. But ultimately, like I really learned a lot about, um, nourishing our bodies and really how to not let that, um, food have power over me. But like at the end of the day, like this is my body and I can, I can have the power to put what I want into my body for the future. So,
0: yeah, yeah. that, that's amazing. Kind of, flipping that around where you had food have power over you and then you kind of instead of being the victim of that, you took responsibility and turned it around. Um, so yeah, definitely empowering yourself, um, which is so incredible because you can, you, you definitely can heal yourself and that's kind of the biggest message at health is power. So I think that's an incredible story and thank you for sharing. Uh, Um, I was going to ask you also just because it sounded like the personal training piece, that whole 30 piece was a huge part of it. In addition to experiencing the, you know, farm to table and how people looked at food differently in West Africa versus how us in America look at food, that definitely changed a lot. It was the impetus, but was there, um, did you also find any like therapy or counseling as a foundation that also helped you? Or was this or was coaching more of the meat to help you overcome these food barriers and challenges?
1: Yeah, I would say when I was younger, like in high school, my mom had me go see like a behavioralist. And I like remember specifically, I was talking about like the connection between like my food and my traumatic, you know, experiences as a child, but I never really appreciated it until being an adult for that specific um, type of, you know, communication and counseling. Um, but I also tell this to people too, that you, ha- you have to find work, what works best for you. Like everyone's different, obviously, but like, I find it very soothing to like go to the gym. Like that, that was like, kind of like, I want to say like my sanctuary in a way, like a place where I meditate because like my mind, when I go, like even, even when I run or even when I, um, am at the gym, like I'm doing an exercise class. Like I'm not, I'm not thinking about anything. Like I'm just thinking about lifting the weights or I'm thinking about my heartbeat or I'm thinking about like you know, the, the, the terrain outside, like my view and stuff when I'm running, like that to me is like, when my mind is quiet, because most of the time, like our minds are just like running crazy. Right. Like when my mind is quiet, like that's when I feel like I have so much healing because I'm just like letting that I'm letting it all go. Right. Like I'm kind of flushing, I'm kind of flushing it out, whether it's the beginning of my day, the middle of the end. Like, I just, I feel like I'm very much, just letting that go in its own form of therapy but i mean i have done therapy for like other traumatic things as well um or other just life you know life things that have happened but specific not really specifically for any type of um eating stuff except when i was when i was younger
0: i was going to ask you since you uh, did the whole 30 was that your first start to changing your eating habits?
1: Um, I would say yes. I remember, um, cause I started my personal training at the beginning, like January, 2017. And I did the whole 30, like in October. So I would say from like January to October, like I changed some of my eating habits. Like I would try like no added sugar or like, I would try like buying less processed foods, but I still like, wasn't removing certain, um, certain food groups from my diet that were still making me feel not my best self. So kind of, but whole 30 was really my first, um, understanding of what food, what food does to my body, what different types of food do different things to my body.
0: Yeah. When you did the whole 30, did you feel like other than say dairy, like a Starbucks latte was causing a stomach ache. Did you, did you feel like anything made you feel like you were like gaining weight or made you feel inflamed inside?
1: Um, I do specifically remember, um, peanut peanuts always give me a headache, like immediately, um, when I eat them. And then also whenever I eat like grains, especially gluten um stuff that always makes me feel extra bloated and it sometimes will give me a headache so i can totally tell when i'm eating a lot of like b- bread or things that have gluten non-gluten you know gluten free stuff i it's sometimes okay like rice but if i eat too large quantities it also still like makes me feel very bloated and like sometimes will make me if i have gluten and dairy together it will uh, i will automatically break out on my on my face somewhere that is like a almost next day, next two days. And it's like a, it's a big one. So it's kind of crazy how that all manifests itself. Right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Cause I remember- I just felt like swollen. I I had, I was a little bit chubby probably when I first started med school and I was just eating like tons of cereal products and grains and gluten and just easy stuff to eat and ice cream, yeah. like McDonald's type. So I was eating terrible, you know, the first year of med school. And I just remember, like, I just felt like my skin was just like super like I don't inflame, yeah. like it was all yeah. big and what, like water was like inside the skin. It was yeah. like puffy. You know, you feel yeah. like puffy. Right. And so yeah, when I started changing my diet, just like that puffiness, that I just felt like my face was bloated. Like like my even my mucosal membranes just felt bloated. Your gut, yeah. not only just your gut, feels bloated. But and then when I started eliminating a lot of those processed foods and gluten and dairy, I already pretty much like I should have been off dairy anyway I've always been sensitive to dairy but then Mm -hmm. yeah so once I got off that everything just like whoosh all the inflammation went away and you just like it's just gone yeah you just and then uh, I lost all that extra chubbiness
1: (laughs) yeah and like uh, I know a lot of people experience joint pain like that's one of the things that I notice if I if I eat a lot of added sugar or things like add up like I'm not following my normal regimen oh I'll wake up and I'm like oh my gosh like I'm only in my 30s and like I feel like I'm in my 60s like this hurts
0: yeah. That's not okay. I did. My the gluten was causing this SI joint pain I was having such bad. And then I would get like weird pain in my muscles anytime I ate something with a lot of gluten or sugar in it, and it would like last for 3 days until I kind of like detoxed it out. <laughs> so yeah, no, it does uh, the food is a big thing. So here's something I recently learned though, as I moved out to the country near a lot of farmland where there's a lot of farm to table and everyone's growing everything and homesteading. And um I was never able to eat dairy most of the time. I mean, except for that first little stint in med school where I just kind of went off the rails. But um uh I started drinking. A2 casein yeah. raw milk. Have you heard of this? Yes, I have. I recently, probably in the past month, I have heard about this A2 thing. Yes. Okay. So yeah. we, we just met, um, a farmer who has really expensive cows. They're very expensive to buy and to manage. And, and so, cause you know, you have to get the genetics correct. Cause A2 casein is, you know, kind of more, all these cows were uh, modified in terms of their breeding program to produce more milk. And when that happened, they, because, you know, milk became a big industry. It used to just be in the farms. And when it became a big industry, um, their the casein, which is the one of the milk protein, it's not the whey, it's the casein. It became inflammatory because those cows were producing more milk and somehow that Uh, milk protein became more inflammatory. And so it might not just be lactose intolerance that people have to the dairy. It might be like an inflammatory sensitivity to that A1 casein. So I actually tried it and I do so well with the A2 raw milk. I don't have any intestinal cramps. I don't have, I always got this swelling and congestion in my throat, mucus production. I don't get that at all with the A2 raw milk. And it's so tasty in my bulletproof coffee every morning. I tried going back to like the alternative milks and I was like, what? No,
1: it's not the same.
0: So, and I think, cause I also get some probiotics in this cause it just, it's right out of the cow. And yeah. so, and, and um, so I think, I don't know, it it just changed me. So I don't, I don't have the inflammation associated with that type of dairy.
1: That's amazing. Yeah, I definitely, it has been a new concept cause I do follow like a lot of um influencers that, that talk about these different, that talk about these different things so that I can, you know, expand my knowledge too. And that's one thing that they brought up that this a 2 Case in And I've been, I've been wanting to try this raw milk because I have not with the A2 thing. I've not yet had that experience with that. Cause I really want to see, I mean, I don't, I can live without dairy. I'm not like that. I'm not super crazy about it, but like, if I can lean away from sometimes plant, like plant-based alternatives are also not like the best choice either. Like if you can get the raw milk, like that's obviously like the the preferred way. So I, I definitely, um, I want to try that. That's going to give me motivation to try this, the A2 thing. Cause I would love to see, um, if I have a reaction to that or not. Cause at the end of the day, a lot of people are lactose intolerant. Like it is very common. So
0: yeah, I did not. I mean, I basically wasn't even doing dairy for like 20 years. Um, and so, yeah. And then I, you know, got back on the, on yeah. the raw A2 milk and I was totally fine. Um, the other thing too, I wanted to talk about, sorry, I'm kind of going off the rails. That's okay. Here. Okay. <laughs> okay. One more thing I wanted to say about the food sensitivities was, uh-huh. um, so gluten, so gluten, I've always really stayed away from, I could probably have tiny bits here and there, like tiny, you know, bites of a dessert or something that's got gluten in it, but otherwise like it's a big, like inflammation. because I had that autoimmune disease. I think there's some association there. But anyway, um my husband who's in a master's integrative functional medicine dietitian, um he was researching the ancient flower, you know, that um, you know, it's thousands and thousands of years ago. It's called einkorn flower. Oh, I have heard of this flower, yes. Right. I don't know, but I have heard the name, yes. So anyway, we just experimented with einkorn flour. We made um a Keto sugar cookies um, mm-hmm. out of this iron corn flour, yeah. not not particular keto, but um, I did fine. <laughs> it's like it's amazing. <laughs> so I was like, I'm not gonna like do a whole ton, but right, I was like, right. I didn't have any. I ate a, like a couple cookies, and I was like, fine. right,
1: right. And it's good to have. It's always good to have another alternative, right? Like I know there's yeah. a lot of I know there's a lot of good gluten free alternatives, but having that one also is a great a great one
0: too. Yeah. 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 So anyway, to know. Yeah. I don't know. Hey, everyone, I just wanted to take a quick break and let you know about our sleep coaching program for teens lunar nights that is starting early this summer, actually late spring, and we're only going to take so many participants. And because 80% of teens are currently diagnosed with insufficient sleep, we have developed a program that is based on mind body therapies that has been adapted from an NIH funded intervention sleep program for teens that has shown to help teens improve their deep, refreshing and getting enough quality sleep. So if you have a teen that is struggling with mood, uh, staying awake during class, concentrating, performing well and having enough energy to get through the day, then please email us at hello@healthispower.com at or schedule a free chat with us and we'd be happy to talk to you about the program. All right, back to the show. I was also going to ask you, um, kind of going back to um, you as a health coach, repairing your relationship with food and a lot of the emotional eating. And, you know, a lot of women, I mean, even my friends and and women that I work with, they use um, food as sort of a, a their, when they get stressed, right? And so it, it is often that relationship that we, a lot of us tend to go towards food. Uh, some Some of us don't, we don't eat. You know, like when we get stressed, right. sometimes it's the opposite, Right. but still there's no, you know, there's no wrong way exactly. It's just how we deal, how we cope. And so what were some of your, like, how was your, I guess, pathway when you first started in terms of the emotional piece, preparing your relationship with food, when you kind of got on that whole 30 plan, Did, was there anxiety? Was there like, I don't, was there times where you were going to break down and like, start eating, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, I think in order to be like where I was really the m- more successful was just like taking things like slowly. Like, I think it really helped that I didn't find the whole 30 at first because like, I was able to kind of understand more about food a little bit more before I dove into that. Cause you know, I under, I can see it from- now since I've been doing it for so long, it's sometimes a good reminder to go back to how like I felt when I first started changing that relationship with food. Cause sometimes I forget to put myself back in that perspective, but like, it is a lot to ask to like remove certain food groups from people's diet. Even, I mean, it's only 30 days, like, you know, like that's doable, but it's also very intimidating to come, um, to a place where like You have these foods that you're comfortable eating, and that are, to be honest with you, extremely convenient um, to going to like potentially cooking a lot more at home or like relying on things that like you might have, you might not have even tasted or heard of or like cooked in the past or eaten or whatever it may be. Like that's intimidating. So I think like having those, that time where I really, was learning more about food and then getting to the whole 30. There was definitely times where I was like, oh my gosh, I can't do this. Like, this is too much. Like, I I feel like this is kind of extreme. But then I got to the point where I was like, wow, this is what I could feel like if I eat this way. That's amazing. So like, I think as time has gone by, it's like a reminder that like, I don't ever want to feel that way again, because like, to me, it's not, it's at the end of the day, it wasn't worth, it wasn't worth feeling that way, just so I could eat all the gluten and all the dairy in the world. Like there are moments when it's worth it. And there are moments when I'm like, no, nah, I'm good. Like, you know, but that take, it takes so much time to change that, especially when you're at a certain age where you're used to doing things a certain way. It is so hard.
0: When did you start feeling better in terms of with the food, certain foods? Yeah. Um, was it? A month was it days?
1: I would say when I started my first whole 30, I would say like I was feeling better after like a week. And I was oh, like, Oh,
0: wow, okay,
1: this is great. And then like after that, it was just like exponential. Like after the four weeks, I was like, Man, do I ever have to stop this? Because I feel like I'm on cloud nine. They call it, they call it, um. Oh my gosh. No, I'm just blanking on what they call it in, um, whole 30. I'll, I'll, I'll remember it again, but they, they have this, Oh, tiger blood is like what it's like. You feel like you can like conquer the world. You're like, Oh my gosh. Like, I feel like I'm unstoppable. Like that pretty much happens like th- week three and four of the whole 30. Cause like, you're just feeling like you're on top of the world. So I definitely, wow. yeah. Like a lot of energy too. Yeah. Tons, okay. Tons yeah. of energy, sleeping well. Um, mm-hmm. they like grasping at just like, what it feels like to like really wake up in the morning with like, with that energy and like do things until you might have a really long day. You know, like I remember my days would start at six and I would go to like 10 or 11 PM. And I still had energy at the end of the day to like go walk my dog before we fell asleep. And I wasn't like, oh my gosh, I'm going to fall over at like 3 PM or there's like that 3 PM slump or something like, like I was like, no, like I have consistent energy throughout the day.
0: Wow. Yeah. I, I, I mean, we always did as an integrative and functional medicine doc, we did a ton of elimination diets for ourselves and tried all these different kinds. I don't think I've done whole 30 specifically, but I did eliminate most of the inflammatory foods and I had to, I had to do mine. Mine was longer than 30 days. Um, um, I, it took a while for me, but I had a lot of gut health issues. My gut barrier was Mm -hmm. just destroyed from a major infection, a couple major infections. And so it just took me a little bit longer than it took me like six months. (laughs) Yeah, I was, I was pretty disciplined. Like I could be pretty disciplined with my food. Just like, it's, it's a little bit easier for me, I think. Um, Um, I know a lot of people who I work with um, when they first start with functional medicine, for example, um, sometimes it kicks up a lot of anxiety because say it's a mom, you know, they've got a few kids and then their husband and the husband's not on board and the kids are definitely eating differently and it's just, it's so hard for that mom to make those changes for herself and also cook for the whole family and cook three different meals. You know what I mean? It's, it's such a tough thing. And so sometimes I got, um, some feedback on it would just, you know, incite a little bit of anxiety. Right. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Cause
1: again, like I had the kind of like you're saying, like I had the, um, flexibility where I was just really feeding myself and my partner at the time. Like I, and even that, like, I really wasn't as responsible for him. He was doing his own thing. And so like I was doing I was just focused on myself. Like I didn't have the kids. I didn't have, you know, the other people depending on me. So I was like, I was really lucky in that capacity of just like, just mainly focus on, on myself. Whereas it's not as easy for other people because they're, you know, they have all those dependents. Yeah, Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It is. It's a little bit tougher. Um, and so, well, even just talking about, um, like some of your top tips, um, for, you know, changing these patterns, eating better, feeling better and stop using, you know, food as more of an outlet. I like the eatlet um, that you talked about. I
1: was like, Oh, I got to remember that one.
0: (laughs) That is so good. Um, but yeah, what are, what are some of your, you know, top messages when you are working with clients, um, to kind of jumpstart their eating habits?
1: Yeah. I, one of my biggest things is just like awareness. Like I really try to talk to my clients about just like noticing those times because a lot, a lot of the times it's just like a habit, right. Or it's just like something that sticks with us because we're used to, to doing it. So whether it's having a glass of wine, when you walk in the door, whether it's eating you know, I am such a sucker for dessert. Like, so like whether it's like eating dessert after, you know, dinner or something like that, like that's just something that like it just might be instilled in our brain. It's all about like it's all about being aware of when we're doing the things we're doing and then understanding the reason why you're doing that. So it's we really break it down in, in my sessions about like how how we can be aware and then how that awareness can then provide us with the insight of how we can move forward and like potentially just not necessarily change, but just like replace those. Um, and then the, the other really big thing that we talk about is like habits, um, in my, um, with my clients as well. Like we talk about, um, there's this one book by James Clear called Atomic Habits, which is one of my favorite books by far. Um, I
0: it.
1: oh, it's a great one. It's yeah, on he, my list. Yeah. He's, he make, he simplifies everything. And then he has this one thing that I I always I've read I read the book like three almost three years ago maybe but the one thing that really stuck with me is this this um thing called habit stacking. So like if you already have a habit that you do consistently, then you can just like stack another habit on top of that, right? Like recently I did this with um what was it? Like I wanted to start doing like a face mask like three times a week at night, like before um before going to bed just like toy at my skin you know whatever it's not how not food related but just more skin skin related right like getting older there's things you need to do to like take care of your, take care of yourself <laughs> and um i was like okay i want to do that and so like another thing that i wanted to do was like read um just read for 10 minutes a night just, even if i can get 10 minutes in like maybe if it's a self help book or um reading for like reading for fun whatever it may be so i'm like okay what if i put those two together the mat, the face mask says 10 minutes to leave it on my face. And then I go sit and I read my book for 10 minutes. And I'm like, great. Like if I can do those things out, like before I brush my teeth, great. Like that's just a habit stack because I'm going to brush my teeth every night. So just stacking those habits on top it's just like a game changer, a game changer.
0: Oh, cool. Two in one. I actually am doing that. Um, and I'm not even realizing it. Cause I, I, you know how I get overwhelmed when I'm doing 8,000 things as Jocelyn yeah. knows. <laughs> 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 I was, I was behind on my CME. I, I had to restart my MOC and, and maintenance and certification for PDA. I have like multiple boards. And so And so I have all this stuff to do and learn and read and listen and watch and all these questions to do. And so then I was like, okay, well, I could do this while I go on my walk and listen to my CME and record my hours while I go on my walk. It's like Like a two for one, you know, like you're, you're, you're,
1: you're, you're making use of your time without like overwhelming yourself. Like, yes, there are times where you might, might like be overwhelmed, but like, if you break it down like that and the other, the other big piece of advice is just like not making it super overwhelming, right? Like not, not pushing yourself to the edge. And then like, when you don't make something happen, like if you're like, I want to meditate every single day for the next month. And there's maybe there's one day, like maybe day six or something, you, you don't have time to meditate. You forgot to med, whatever, whatever it may be. And that's when people, that's when people think like, okay, it's over. I'm done. Like I want to do for 30 days, but I didn't do it day six. Like I have to quit now. And it's like, no, like you yes, you made a commitment to yourself. So, so just get back on it. Same thing with like the eating ha- ha- eating aspect of it, right? Like you eat something and you're like, I can't believe I just ate that. It brings guilt. It brings shame. The next day you go back, you're like, you know what? Here I am. Let's, let's get back on track. Let's do this. And like, let's not put that shame in front of anything, you know, like let's, let's not do that today. So that's like, a, something I've really, I try to help my clients with, cause it's something that I have struggled and I still struggle with on a, you know, here and there with, with that relationship as well.
0: Well, and uh, you just got down to like the strongest root cause of a lot of issues, um, with emotional, you know, negative patterns and that is shame. And I, I didn't even realize how difficult sh- the emotion shame was it's on the bottom. Remember how we learned that emotional spiral, yes. you know, that that's, that shame is on the bottom. Well, anyway, when I did my psychoanalysis training, um, uh, the first session I had was shame being the root cause of all, a lot of emotional yeah poor habits. And so it's so important to uh, recognize that we can release shame because shame ends up causing a lot of emotional eating, terrible emotional eating patterns anyway. And so we do have to have compassion for ourselves. We do have to have that self-care, self-love. I mean, that compassion is huge. Um, And patience is huge, definitely. So I, I love that you said that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Just really giving yourself the grace that you need and deserve when it comes to things that you don't do. Right. Cause like, I know that, um, as a recovering perfectionist, like consistently, like you just, you're just like, you're, you're just berating yourself, right? Like you would never do this to somebody else. If they like miss it, you'd be like, no, just, it's fine. Just, just keep going. But like, yet to ourselves, we're like over here, like, oh, nope, you gotta be perfect or else it's all or nothing. Like, that's not, there's no point in bringing the shame because the shame will ultimately like lead to that um to you quitting or to you like you know to that shame that you're just like I don't I I don't want to do this anymore and you'll just give up and like at the end of the day things will be okay you can just go back to it especially now where we've created these like new year's resolutions these things that we want to do like it's easier to to just like quit sometimes when we just that one thing doesn't work out the way that we want to you know
0: do you ever, I mean, with your coaching background for the last couple of years or a few years, um, I mean, what's the biggest thing you've learned as a coach?
1: Um, great question.
0: <laughs> this might make you think. You
1: know, cause I consistently learned so much. Um, I think really the, the thing that I learn is that at the end of the day, people know what to do. A lot of my clients that like seek my help, they have the tools in place or they're at least like semi, um, informed about like what they should be doing. But like accountability is another is something that like, I, I feel like people really crave and people that's where people grow and they're successful. Um, so I love offering that accountability because I, again, like I've been there and I get I get what that does for you, having somebody accountable, like keeping you accountable. And it, again, it sets you up for success. So that's what I've learned the most is like, people have the tools, but people want the accountability from a coach because they know that that's like something that will help them succeed.
0: Oh yeah. I, I, and that's what, that is, that's the biggest thing I've learned as well that, and that's the huge message of the day is that everyone knows how to do it. I mean, deep inside, you you really do. And then, what's interesting is like, coaches. You know, in, during my medical intuitive sessions or during my group coaching program, for example, it's just you facilitating, bringing that to the surface, and then just like you said in the very beginning, um, your top tips of looking at that, becoming aware of it, becoming face to face with it, um, and then starting to work towards it using, you know, the habits. So yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's beautiful in that it's like so intuitive. Yes. And we're just, we're just facilitating and
1: absolutely. Yes. I'm here to like give you some tools and tips and tricks that I have learned, but ultimately at the end of the day, it's just about like how you can keep that person accountable and how you can, how you can help with what they already know and just like help them implement it into their everyday life.
0: But don't you think it's more powerful? I, I, that's what, I, I mean, I love therapy and I love psychoanalysis and, and I think it's absolutely necessary, um, for many different kinds of conditions. Um, but the coaching piece is just such a powerful piece. If you incorporate that into your life, because yeah. you're bringing out, your individual true gifts, right. Um, instead of working on how you think or, you know, cognitive right. behavioral therapy, it's yeah. just like really bringing out your true authentic self, your right. true gifts and making that shine.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. I think it's really capitalizing on the things that you know, and love, and you just want to improve. Whereas therapy, you know, yes, it help, and helps in a lot of different things and how to really cope with the things that we have you know, gone through along the way in our lives. But like, but it's so, like you said, it's just so powerful when you have a coach that's just like cheering you on and giving you these things that you're just like, oh my gosh, I didn't know about that. Or like, that's something that I want to do. Or just like, you know, holding their hand and just really helping them through this time where they, where they are choosing to be there and they want to be successful at the end of the day.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, and that's what I felt like that when I got my coach. I, I mean, I, I feel, I mean, I love my therapist and I loved, you know, working with the psychoanalysis and getting some training there as well. And then, you know, even learning, you know, quite a bit more in the cognitive behavioral therapy world and acceptance therapy. But then when I got a coach, it was like, woo, I just felt very empowered. I felt um, more grounded. I felt really connected to who I was. And, and I, that's, that's really important because, I think we become disconnected a lot of times to who we are and and what we know and what we know to be true, which is like if you're dealing with an emotional eating pattern, like uh, we could like get disconnected to the root cause because we're trying to impress everyone else we're trying to get through society right Uh, yeah right and it's like our true gifts are not really shining here and then right as you get a coach it's like starting to we start connecting to that and getting aligned with our true selves and and then i mean everything is just so easy once you go down that path to heal yourself
1: yes absolutely absolutely you're showing up for yourself you're saying yes to yourself. You're like taking the chance that like, I have these things that I know that I want, like this person who I want to be, you know, at the end of this or during this or whatever it may be. And that, that coach is just facil- helping you facilitate that, that path that you're on and helping you, helping you get to the end result.
0: Yeah. And everyone, if you're not watching this live, J- Jocelyn looks like an angel. Cause the sunlight is coming.
1: <laughs> I'm being blinded by the light. <laughs> the
0: sunlight, is the sunlight rays I just <laughs> right shining through your
1: Sun hasn't been on a couple days but here she is angel jocelyn yeah
0: (laughs) (laughs) mine was doing that before it Um, was i I know i love it it's yeah it's super nice um you're all ethereal um okay well what else what else haven't we gotten to um today anything Um, trying to think of anything that i any other yes. books you use, any other books you mention or any other resources you mention for your clients or
1: um there is a really good book um called Glucose Revolution by I don't know her name. She goes mm. by the Glucose Goddess on Instagram. Um she talks a lot about um sugar and how um different different hacks like tips and tricks in order to help um with spikes in blood sugar. Um, that's a really useful tool. Cause she gives some things that like, I've never really realized when it comes to sugar. Cause I, as, as a perfection, a recovering perfectionist, I'm also a recovering sugar addict because like that stuff is very addictive when it comes to, you know, baked, like, again, I'm a dessert queen. So like, it really helped me change that perspective on, um, sugar as well. Um, so I really enjoyed reading her tips and tricks just like for how things like spike our blood sugar dramatically, even the way like the order that we eat our food can like that depend that can, um, change the spike of your blood sugar as well. Um, and then the other, see other book. There is a sleep, sleep smarter, um, by Sean Stevenson. Um, I don't know if I have recommended that to anybody, but I do enjoy that book um, again, just talking about sleep patterns and like what times, mm. what like the best time of the day, like the evenings to sleep, which, um, which also helps like your circadian rhythm and everything like that. Um, Ooh, I'm interested in that. Yeah. I, it's been, a it's been a while since I've read the book, so I'd have to brush on it, but and remember again, kind of like the habits book where he just breaks it down and it's not like a bunch of medical, mm. I mean, for you to understand that, you know, I'm sure you can, but like, for me as like a just a, lay, a layman, it's just like, oh, I don't want all these medical terms, but I want it broken down to me in like a, okay, this is like, you know, understanding it in a basic, a basic way. Um, and then I'm trying to think of the last, there's another one, um, that, um, is called it's by Holly Whitaker. Um, I'm trying to think of the name. It's like something about, um, drinking. Let me see if I can alcohol. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, which is also it it was never again, not never, oh, quit like a woman. Um it's it's um specifically talking about women the it says the radical choice not to drink in a culture obsessed with alcohol. So it's really geared towards women who, you know, have that social pressure and like the the need the need the need to feel that they need to drink when they go out or in a, in social situations or like that, that pressure from society. So I used to drink pretty heavily in like college and, and Peace Corps and like post-college before I started, you know, changing that relationship with food. And now like, it's just like a, I don't really drink much anymore. So I enjoyed understanding, like, because alcohol is like the one thing that people question, uh, people question a lot about like, if you're not an alcoholic, why you're not drinking. So like, that's also very, that's an also very interesting book to me to like, learn how, you know, how we view alcohol in society, um, especially from a woman's perspective. So I enjoyed that, um, that book as well.
0: All right. Do you have, um, only because I'm interested, I want to learn how to bake again. But I mean, I kind of we just quit baking because when I was gluten, I was like grain free, and yes. we were kind of keto, and you know, yeah. we just like. I mean, I I just I like my high fat, you know, yeah. high protein, complex carb kind of diet. And so, and every time I would try and make all these alternative flours, like almond flour, coconut flour, um, my stomach would not handle it. I was so sensitive to all the alternative flours and stuff. So I just quit baking. Do you, have you ever, do you ever do any of that stuff? Yeah, or no? I do,
1: I do enjoy, I do enjoy, really enjoy, um, alternative baking. Um, I do however use most of those ones that were you were saying oh, that make your, okay yeah okay. like I use almond flour, coconut flour. Um I use cassava flour that might not um, it, it
0: cassava I've used cassava it's just um it just comes out the kind of a weird text yeah different texture yeah a different texture yeah. but maybe I'll try the einkorn. maybe einkorn. Uh, yeah is, I think that's a good it's um, high is super high in fiber Okay. And it's the genes for the gluten is like only 18 genes and it's like so many genes and for gluten in the newer flour, it's like minimum compared to the newer flours and it's tons of fiber.
1: Okay. I did use recently, um, King Arthur's gluten-free flour, um, in a bag from like the Kroger or something like that, like a, a local grocery store. Um, that had like the rice flour in there and stuff like that. And I used them to make like these peanut butter cookies and, or almond, I made no almond butter cookies and they were really, they were really good. Like, I don't, it was just like a combination of the, of, but it didn't have like the almond or coconut It had different- okay. Free. The
0: The other one I heard is cup for cup. The gluten-free flour mm-hmm. is cup for right. cup as everyone talks about that yeah. and how good it is, but it's really yeah. expensive is what they were yeah,
1: saying. It can get a little bit pricey for those. I usually try to see if they're ever like on sale. Cause I know there's one other brand that I really like and I can't, um, Bob's Red Mill. That's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. I've yeah. done some and Bob's Red Mill. All those alternative flours. And I know that, um, the paleo one is good. I don't know if I've tried their gluten gluten. Free. Yeah. So I
0: I wish I could tolerate the almond and coconut flour because yeah. it's just it's so much I mean, because you could just actually make your own almond flour to be honest. Oh yeah, mean, yeah. It's just it's super easy. easy. It's mm-hmm. you know clean and right so, but then I'm I think I'm just so sensitive to the tree nuts or something. I don't know. Right,
1: right. Where it doesn't it just doesn't serve you. Yeah, that's no. a-
0: <laughs> it's like bummer but that's okay I'm gonna I'm gonna I'll experiment with with einkorn flour maybe I'll make some recipes for everyone so yeah do it do it (laughs) we'll see how far I can get with it before I start having a stomach ache we'll see yeah (laughs) well it's been great to have you Jocelyn yes uh so where can people find you how do you serve people um just talk a little bit about that because I'm sure people will be excited to work with you
1: yeah. Um, my the best way to get in touch with me is my Instagram at holistic Jocelyn. It's spelled with a W at the beginning. Um, and J-O-C-E-L-Y-N is how you spell my name. Um, that's the best place where I post a bunch of tips and tricks, reels, all that fun stuff. Right now I'm actually doing a whole 30 myself. Um I haven't done one in three years, and so I'm posting a lot of inspiration, keeping myself helping m- myself keep keep me accountable, um, because I really, I really have gotten to a point where I didn't really want to be, um, with food, you know, in the past year. So just resetting that myself. So come look for that inspiration. Um, I have two different kinds of coaching programs. One of them is whole 30 related. If you're looking to do a whole 30, if you're looking for some type of elimination protocol to see, you know, like what kinds of foods really, potentially are inflammatory for you. I have um, Whole30 one-on-one coaching at the moment for that, um, starting really any time of the year. So I'm available to coach you through your Whole30 and give you, again, that accountability. Um, and then I also serve women through my newly um, revamped Food Freedom Framework Program, um, where I help women repair their relationship with food so they can feel um, more in control of their body and eat without guilt. So I really, again, kind of like Ann and I were talking, facilitate like that um, awareness of what you're eating, how you're eating, um, that relationship that you have with food currently and how you can kind of repair that with like changing your habits and understanding your cravings and really seeing how you can gain time back in your day from learning how to meal prep and plan whichever one serves you best and tips and tricks in the kitchen for me to show you how I continue to like live in my food freedom um, and continue to grow daily, just like growing in that, in that relationship with food.
0: Yeah. And, and um, by the time this comes out, she may have a webinar that will link to um, just FYI. It's not there. We're recording this in January, early January. And so whenever it comes out, she may have an amazing webinar for you. So if so, I'm going to put everything in the detail in the podcast details, and also in the show notes to link back to her Instagram is amazing. I kind of want to be like her, but I just haven't had the time, but she's got amazing. (laughs) I love following her. So she's cool to watch. Um, so check her out and, uh, yeah, I am just so happy we had this. What a great conversation. I hadn't had um, a talk on emotional eating, um, or whole 30. And so it was interesting to talk about a lot of the food sensitivities.
1: Yeah, it was so great. And I'm so glad you asked me to do this. It's been so fun.
0: Yeah, thanks. Okay, everyone. We'll see you in a couple weeks. Thanks for listening all the way to the end. And thank you so much for all your support for making us the top 5% rank globally for the podcast. It is all due to you. And thank you for rating and reviewing and subscribing. This definitely helps our reach um, to more people, to more women who need this information. Don't forget that we are also uh, building and launching our sleep coaching program for teens called Lunar Nights. This will be starting June and July of 2023 again. And um, this is going to be a special discount rate for this cohort, and we're only gonna take a few participants. So if you're interested and you know of a teen, which 80% of teens are now having difficulty with deep quality and refreshing sleep, performing at school, staying energized throughout the day, concentrating and focusing. Plus, um, some of these teens are dealing with chronic health issues in relation to their sleep. So we have adapted uh, from the NIH-funded intervention sleep program for teens trying to teach mind-body therapies that these teens actually resonate with and love to implement and that actually shows improvement in their sleep. So this is evidence-based we have a lot of fun during these eight weeks. Um, The teens are very engaged. They learn quite a bit more um, than any clinic, any sleep clinic, because they're learning um, all these modalities that they can use for themselves, and it doesn't cost anything to use these at home. So, um, please email us at hello at com. This is going to be first come, first serve. So, Or you can go to the website at healthispowerher.com and sign up for a free chat um, that is judgment-free, commitment-free. We can just tell you about the program. All right, um, I will see you then, hopefully.